This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker Spine and Orthopedic Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Arvind Ahuja, a neurosurgeon at Frederick South in Kenosha. Dr. Ahuja, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right in. What are the top challenges that you're anticipating this year? You know, un- unfortunately, everything seems to be overwhelmed and over shattered by COVID. So one of the biggest issues we're having is thinking about facility and making sure that we can get our cases done for our patients. As you know, patients really plan their life around that having a major surgery, that's neck, back, brain surgery, that they really have their families all around. And it has really become difficult that I have a lot of friends throughout the country that have pointed out that all of a sudden they're shut down. They can't do their cases or their volumes are done. They have to only do 30% of what's allowed. And it really becomes a very significant issue. And so what they, what they have been doing, like at, for our hospital is we have two hospitals that are about 15 miles from each other. And we've been dividing up the COVID patients at one hospital in downtown and at the other hospital, say, cats doing all the testing to make sure that the patients are safe. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge of getting the cases done, getting the volume done, and making sure the patients are taken care of. I think the other thing that has really become a very difficult issue is once the patients are in the hospital and taking care of them, is trying to make sure that the procedures are approved. And now we got a lot of physicians that are looking at cases, working for the insurance companies to prove why should something not be done. And we got a lot of physicians that have multi, multiple years of experience that are trying to negotiate the process for the patient to get the procedures approved. I'll give you a certain example. We have a patient, you know, you have about 74 suppliers right now or distributors for equipment for spinal, different type of spinal instrumentation. And it turns out certain insurance company only approved one company for the devices while the other one approves different one. And as you think about a surgeon, you know, you become experienced with one type of equipment and techniques that you prefer to use that because you've established what's, what's your best outcomes for those patients. And it really has become a little more difficult and challenge dealing with insurance companies of saying, well, we'll approve this, but not of this. We'll approve this or not that, you know, a lot of people, we used to, like, a perfect example would be long time ago when we were doing the spinal fusion, we would take the iliac crest for posterolateral arthrodesis. People did very well. Then we went through the phase where we took BMP. Well, then we learned about BMP and cancer. Now you can take BMAC where you can take the platelets and plasma cells from the iliac crest and form for posterolateral arthrodesis. Half of the insurance company approve it, the other half don't. So it really, really is, I think that's going to be a big challenge coming up, and I don't have a solution for that. That's, I think you know, a lot of these issues. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Anusha. That's, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you, and it sounds like there's a lot of issues, <laughs> challenges ahead. Right. And I think the big, and the third one is just, I think the biggest thing we need to do as physicians is dealing with our outcomes. How can we prove our outcomes and how, what's the best outcome and what's the best thing to the patient? 
I take an example for neurointerventional, what we used to do with procedures 10, 15 years ago. I've been doing it for 35, where we would actually put a catheter from the groin into the head, and now we remove the clot and we reverse the patient's stroke symptoms. And we were doing, we had a lot of cases, we did very well, but nobody could really think about it as a stroke, as a wide variant, that you could actually do a randomized trial. And a lot of smart people with the neurointerventional, we went ahead and did six trials, randomized, that showed if the patient came within six hours of their stroke symptom onset, their outcomes at 30 days, one year, the improvement or neurological outcome, living them independently was so much better than it was before. So I think the same way when we thought it was so enormous, Mount Everest climbing to prove that this stroke treatment would work, and we were able to prove that with randomized trials, I think something similar needs to happen within spine. We have a lot of single center studies, single employer, we really need some type of randomized combination of proving what's the best way to treat these patients. We have done, a lot of people have tried a lot, and we have a lot of smart people within spine. I just, I'm looking forward to seeing, to deal with that challenge. Absolutely. I think you raised some really great points. And now looking at the opposite end of things, what do you see as big opportunities for growth and interesting new technology platforms today? I mean, if we, there's some, I'll divide it up into three areas for me. One, obviously technology in terms of new equipment. How do we do it? You know, we have better disc replacements than we ever did. We'll see a cervical spine improved a lot over the next few years in cervical spine. We used to only have it approved for one level. Now we have it approved for two levels and things are improving. Number two is, is artificial intelligence, AI. How do we... How do we use that to monitor our cases? How do we use, where was the cage placed? Where was the screws placed? Where was the intraoperative monitoring? How can all that data be, help us improve our outcomes? And I think that AI technology is gonna be very tremendous, all the way from placement, treatment, who should be treated which way, to monitoring our outcomes. And the third area that we, and being in private practice, what we have done is, so those are the technology, those are the our, our platforms. But I think the other, other, what we have done to try to grow our practice is just go to different regions. Because it's so difficult to just stay in one area and people we used to travel a lot more, but that's really difficult. And now they're starting to, we have to go see the patients and see what we can do. And then that's going to be a, Growing is going to be a very difficult time at this time because you don't want to traveling in this COVID area. You don't want to be exposing to more people. And then on top of it, it's not the easiest way to hire new staff at a new place or a new clinic, you know? Absolutely. I, I, th I think that makes a lot of sense. And in, in really looking at kind of that growth area potential um, to expand to new locations and then really figure out how to deliver care better um, to patients going forward. You're so right. I mean, it's so difficult to deliver. I mean, you don't know if somebody gets sick. You know, Biden makes it easier for, for them people to stay home or whatever. I don't want to get into the political stuff. I just look at how do we take, how do we 
how do we get the patients to work so that they're not worried that they're taking on more risk than anything else? You know, yeah. because they think about coming to work. What they don't want to do is come to work, get sick, and then go home and take care of their parents. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's a real issue for everybody. And then also, I hate this. I mean, I'm, I don't mean to be. It's important, but all of a sudden, you got kids that can't go to school because they're worried about COVID and they haven't had the vaccine, and the parents have to stay home. They can't work. You know, yeah. there's a I huge mean, snowball kids, effect. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, the, and the kids come come number one. I mean, how can you tell the, some parent that? They should come to work and not worry about anything else. I mean, that's like, you know, I, I, you know, this is my own self bias that you're only judged by how good your kid turned out to be, and you can, and unfortunately, you don't control it. But that's what you're. That's how I judge myself. Absolutely, that that makes a lot of sense, and definitely a lot to think about, and a lot to overcome in the next year. But also many exciting things that you were talking about in terms of the cervical spine and and AI with data. So, Dr. Huja, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you very much for taking the time, and appreciate it. And stay safe, and talk to you soon. Thank you so much.